listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 News podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You are listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast, joined by Holly Wharton, a nurse practitioner and certified nurse midwife with Intermountain Healthcare. Thanks for being with us. Hello, so excited to be here. Thank you. We are talking about recovery after childbirth, and that can be very different uh, woman to woman, kind of depending on what that childbirth ended up looking like. Um, some of us go in with a plan. Some of us go in with a plan that doesn't work out. Some of us just go in and hope to have a baby. That was my plan. <laughs> they said, what's your plan? I said, I just want to have a baby. <laughs> just, I just want the baby to come out and everyone to be healthy and fine. Um, was there supposed to do something more? I was just here for a baby. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, That's your favorite response. That's <laughs> because I didn't want to get my hopes up for something that might not be able to happen. I didn't want to have right. this grandiose plan of, well, I'm going to get there, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and all these things are going to line up, and an hour later, I'm going to have a baby, and everything's going to be fine. Right, right. Because we all know that that might not be the reality. Right. So my plan was to have a baby. And I did, so it worked out. Uh, but then comes the recovery. And like I said, for many women, that can be oh so different depending on what that birth ended up looking like. Uh, so there's always a lot to think about uh, when it comes to heading to the hospital to have the baby. And then now the aftermath. Um, you have some tips on healthy postpartum recovery. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know what? I think you're absolutely right that women, well, women, their partners, their families, friends, everyone gets so excited about the day of delivery. There's all this preparation, nine months, only into thinking about this one day. And there's not a lot of thought that goes into the day after, uh, yeah. or the years after. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah, it is important to know a little bit about what to expect. So after you deliver your baby, you've got that adrenaline pumping in your system. You're so excited. You're relieved. You're uncomfortable. Uh, the next day, you know, things start to get real a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, you start to get sore. That adrenaline's worn off. You start to get achy. You're feeling, uh, pain in some muscles that you really didn't realize you had, like yeah. your lower back or your shoulders from pushing. Um, your bottom's a little sore, whether you tore or not. If you had a C-section, there is another kind of soreness that goes along with that. So, um, you know, your nurse is there, your nurse practitioner, midwife, your OB, whoever it is, is there to help you get through these days and help you understand kind of what is expected. Because it can be different even baby by baby. You could, oh, yeah. I mean, your first baby you go in, you have no idea what to expect at all. Then you right. go in for your second baby and you think, ah, it's not my first rodeo. I've done this before, but everything could change dramatically. And so it, there's really, it's a little bit of the fear of the unknown yeah. when it comes sure to it what's going to happen. Um, you know, again, you bring up a, a very valid point. Every pregnancy, every delivery is different. Now we do hope that, you know, we usually say first one's a little harder because 
you're kind of doing this for the first time. Your body is learning how to do it for the first time. Things can go a little slower. It's, it's unknown. So you're just kind of mentally not sure what to expect. And future pregnancies, future deliveries, you, you kind of just, you're a little bit more of a seasoned veteran. You're not so fearful of it. You've done it before, but it can all be different. It depends on what your body is doing with this pregnancy. It depends on what your baby is doing. You know, is your is your little baby deciding that they want to be looking up for delivery instead of looking down? Or if they're a little bit bigger because you have diabetes, it is, it's a little bit different. So we just want to make sure, you know, you kind of understand what you're getting yourself into with each pregnancy. So we can review that with you. So for the first few days after childbirth, what can we expect? And let's start, we'll, we'll kind of go delivery by delivery. So we'll talk about C-sections in a minute, but first let's talk about vaginal deliveries. What, what can be expected after those first few days? Sure. So bleeding, we're going to expect some bleeding, uh, with vaginal deliveries, you know, uh, you do lose blood with delivery. So you might be slightly anemic as well. So blood loss is the first thing we're really thinking about. We expect your bleeding to be similar to a period where the first day after delivery, it's kind of on the heavier side and then it tapers down and down. Uh, we should see that that bleeding kind of gets less and less uh, over the next couple of weeks, and it'll go from bright red bleeding to kind of a darker blood down to maybe a yellowish discharge back to that clear cloudy again. And that kind of over the next few weeks, you're going to see that. Now, you can bleed up to six weeks as well. We, we kind of expect that, but we should see the bleeding taper each day. It should get better and better. If we're seeing it go in the opposite direction where your bleeding is now starting to get heavier, first thing we want to look at is how much are you pushing yourself? Mm -hmm. Remember, after you deliver your baby, you need to be taking care of yourself and your baby for six weeks. So if you're going home and you're doing the laundry or you're starting to go for runs all, uh, right away, you're going to notice that that bleeding starts to kick up again. So you got to listen to your body. And if you're, if that bleeding picks up, you need to take it easy. You need to take it down a notch. Um, you also want to be keeping, taking good care of that, that vaginal laceration that you may or may not have. Now you might not tear at all externally, but you might still have a little tearing on the inside. So there are creams we can give you in the hospital. They're all available over the counter, but we have a cream, a spray, witch hazel pads we put on your bottom and that helps soothe it. So everything they give you in the hospital, you know, <laughs> apart from what's nailed to the floor, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, feel free to take that home with you and continue to use that to help, help with the healing process of your bottom. Um, and then for pain, you know, using your ibuprofen. I have a lot of women who come in, they deliver their baby. They say, oh, I've done this before. I feel good. I don't need medication. You know what? That's fine. If you don't feel like you need anything for pain, that's okay. But I still want my patients to take either ibuprofen or Tylenol to help reduce that inflammation that you've got from delivery. Mm -hmm. So staying on top of some ibuprofen over the course of the next few days or weeks is important. In addition, uh, a stool softener. So when, when you deliver a baby, when you're pregnant, you get some constipation. That just physiologically, that's what happens. Everything slows down. You're at risk for constipation. After you deliver your baby, that risk is still kind of there. You have all that pressure from delivery, risk of hemorrhoids, you know. So we like to keep a stool softener in your system. We give it to you a couple of times a day. We'll send you home with some. And you want to continue to take that until your bowel movements are, you know, they're easy to pass. You're not having pain. You're not having bleeding with them. Um, so usually I tell patients to keep up on that for a, a week or two after delivery as well. Yeah, because that can be a terrifying moment 
right after. Is it is. I know. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, I delivered the baby. Now I have to have the bowel movement. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sore down there, and all of us. The last thing I want to think about is more pressure down there. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. First, drinking that, uh, staying hydrated yeah. is really going to help reduce constipation, and then fiber in your diet and a little activity, walking around, super important. Sure. Uh, sure. So then, uh, on then the other side, the C-section deliveries, that can be a whole different realm of uh, what to expect afterwards. Right, right. Yeah, uh, that's a major surgery. And so you need to keep that in mind. You didn't just have a baby, you had major surgery. Mm -hmm. So we don't expect you to be kind of jumping back to life as you know it after you leave the hospital with that. Uh, you got to take care of yourself a little bit more. You're going to have either some stitches or some staples uh, down on your bikini line. That's where the incision is, is done. Um, if there's staples, a lot of times we'll take those staples out before you go home, before you discharge from the hospital, but there are stitches, internal stitches, and those are going to take, you know, up to six weeks to kind of reabsorb. Uh, so you want to be careful with that. You want to keep it clean, keep it, keep it covered. Uh, you want to avoid heavy lifting. So if the kind of the rule of thumb is nothing heavier than 20 pounds, uh, really, a lot of what I'll say is the first few weeks, I don't want you lifting anything heavier than your baby. Right. So that's the only thing you really should be picking up is that baby. Uh, if you lift something too heavy, you're risking that that incision breaks open. And that becomes kind of a nightmare for you as far as risk of infection, bleeding, uh, longer post-op. Uh, so you want to be careful with the lifting. Um, and then you're also just looking for signs and symptoms of infection. That's an open wound there, you know, that we've sewed up. So you want to be looking for odor coming out of it, a fever, um, any bleeding coming out of it. You definitely want to reach out to your provider so we can so we can assess you and see if there's anything going on there. Mm -hmm. And so we did touch a little bit about uh, about bathroom habits. Um, we talked more <laughs> about the number two than the number one. And there are some number one factors that we should be just making sure we're kind of on the right track with after childbirth as well. Right. Yeah. You need to keep track of number one and number two. Yeah. So n number one uh, with urination, you want to be watching for pain with urination. Fever can kind of go along with that. If you do have an epidural, so if you're a vaginal delivery with an epidural or a C-section with an epidural, anytime you or excuse me, with an epidural. Anytime you get an epidural, you're going to need to get a catheter. So when there is a tube placed up your urethra, there's a risk of infection there, a small risk, but you want to watch for that. So anytime you have a catheter, you need to be watching for pain with urination afterwards, odor in your urination, in your urine, uh, lower back pain, fever. Um, so keep an eye on that. But even if you didn't have that, you still want to be watching for it. There's a lot of swelling going on, going on down there. So sometimes, you know, you you, you have a delivery, no epidural, but there's so much swelling that sometimes you can have a little trickier time urinating after delivery. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to retrain yourself to not need to go to the bathroom every two hours like you were with your pregnancy. It'll come. It usually takes a few days for your, your urination to kind of slow down a little bit, but you get a lot of fluid during delivery and you can kind of get swollen in your body when you're pregnant. After you deliver your baby, sometimes we can see that swelling get a little bit worse. But after a few days, we see those kidneys really kick in and you kind of start peeing like crazy where you feel like you're still pregnant. You're peeing every two or three hours. That's normal. Um, if you're having difficulty peeing, urinating, if you're having any pain with the urination, you definitely need to let us know. And so 
now that we're past kind of the first few days, now we're looking into the first few weeks, um, you know, we're still going to be seeing some of these signs and symptoms of post-childbirth. When is it to the point that we need to call a provider over a concern that we may have? Right. Yeah. Now, this is wonderful. You, you definitely need to know these signs. So when my, my patients are discharged from Altaview Hospital, when they go home, I send them with just a very simple three-page packet. And the first page is what you want to do. You know, if you're having these symptoms, you go to the emergency room. If you're having these symptoms, you call your provider. If you're having these symptoms, you schedule an appointment. So that's what you need to be kind of the warning signs looking for. In the first six weeks after you deliver your baby, you're still at a slightly increased risk of blood clot formation. So you still need to be worried, or not worried, but you still need to be thinking about signs of that. So signs of a blood clot would be if you're having any vision vision changes, you're seeing spots, any headaches that are not going away like they normally would with ibuprofen or hydration or rest, the worst headache of your life, uh, chest pain where you feel like you can't take a deep breath, um, having a difficult time uh, taking a deep breath, any severe abdominal pain or any shooting pain going up either leg. So if you're having any of those symptoms, you definitely want to let us know. Okay, it might be a blood clot in your system that we that we would want to know about to treat right away. In addition, with the bleeding, you keep an eye on that bleeding. If your bleeding is starting to get heavier, if you're soaking through more than one pad in one hour, that's too much bleeding. You have to call us and let us know, okay? And we'll and we'll have you come in to be seen. Also, any odors um, coming from your vagina or your cesarean section incision, any odors could indicate an infection. You want to let us know as well. Uh, fever, that's another big one. Uh, we also tell women that, uh, you know, in the first two weeks after delivery, you kind of expect that postpartum blues or uh, the baby blues, excuse me. You expect baby blues during the first two weeks after delivery, where I kind of always joke with my patients and say, if you're watching a tire commercial and you start crying, that seems weird, but that's totally normal. Uh, first two weeks. After two weeks, your hormones, your your mood should have stabilized a little bit. If you're still having high highs and low lows after that two weeks, I want you to reach out to us. Now, another little plug, keep in mind that if you are experiencing any anxiety or depression, your partner is 25 to 50% as likely to experience it as well. Mm -hmm. So you need to have good communication between you and your partner. If either one of you are starting to have symptoms where, you know, maybe it's time for you to go to sleep, but your mind won't shut down. You can't sleep. Your mind won't let you. You're having obsessive thoughts about checking the locks on the doors over and over. You're not you're not wanting to get out of bed in the morning or hold your baby. You're irritable. Just things like this. If you're seeing this, either either you or your partner, you guys reach out to us and we will help you both um, get through that. So keep it keep in mind the the signs of anxiety and depression. Really big thing. We don't talk about it. No one likes to talk about mental health. It's something inside where a lot of people think it's a weakness. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's a hormonal imbalance. We need to be in tune with that. Yeah, and you're not the only one. You're not exactly. the only one going through it. There, you know, I always exactly. say you're not on the island by yourself. Exactly. And you know what we do. Uh, my group at Altaview. Uh, women's specialist here at Altaview Hospital, we kind of collectively came together and said, you know, two weeks is the cutoff where we start to see people's moods really start to get better. And if they're going to get worse, if they're going to have postpartum depression, that's usually when it, when it starts happening. So mm -hmm. we collectively decided that we want to see our postpartum patients at two weeks and then again at six weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the two-week visit doesn't have to be in person. With COVID, we've got 
great options to do phone visits. We can do like a FaceTime video visit with you, but we want to check in at two weeks because we want to make sure that mentally you're doing okay. You know, women, again, they take care of themselves last. And if there's something going on, they're more likely just to kind of deal with it. But it, we want you to check in with us at two weeks and make sure there's not nothing that we can't help you be more successful in, more happy, um, you know, yeah. more taking care. Absolutely. And, and one of those things that can help with, um, you know, with your moods, taking care of yourself as a mom is kind of getting back to what, uh, your quote unquote normal life looked like before baby. Um, because nothing's normal once you have children, whether it's one or, or 20, nothing's normal again, but you try to get, yeah, it's your new normal, like what we live in now. Right. But you try, and one of those things, you know, for a lot of women is, uh, you know, getting back into exercising or losing their pre-pregnancy um, or getting back to their pre-pregnancy weight. Uh, when can women start doing that? Because I know it's it's something that, you know, makes a lot of women feel better just about their day-to-day. It gives them the, those endorphins. Yeah, and, and that's super important, not only for you know, reducing risk of clots to stay active, but helping reduce risk of cardiovascular disease, great for endorphins, so mental health, it's great for as well. After you deliver your baby, you gotta take it easy for a few weeks. We don't want you, you know, training for a marathon three weeks after you deliver. We we want that first six weeks to really kind of be pamping yourself, take it easy. I always tell people, listen to your body. If you're starting to get tired when you're going for a walk around the block after a month after delivery, it's too much. If you're bleeding heavier, it's too much. So light, light exercise in the first six weeks is is fine. Um, but again, if your body is reacting poorly to it, you're, it's too much. You're pushing yourself. The general rule of thumb is we want to see you at six weeks. We'll do an exam on you, make sure you're not having any concerning symptoms, and then we kind of give you that green light to, you know, go start going to the gym, exercising, retraining for that marathon at that point. Uh, but we we like to see you at six weeks to make sure you're in good shape for that. And, you know, to go along with 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 women taking care of themselves, like going to the gym, that's great. Keep in mind with your weight, it took nine months to get that weight on. Right. It's going to take at least nine months to get that off. So don't be in such a hurry for that. Take care of your body in other ways. Eat healthy. Make sure you're getting the appropriate caloric intake, 2,000 to 2,500 calories. Drink your water. Continue your prenatal vitamins so you're getting those nutrients. Read a book, mm-hmm. you know, um, have your partner or a family member, if they're healthy, watch your baby so you can go you know, to Barnes and Noble and buy a new book or you can go to a coffee shop and enjoy a nice cup, cup of tea. It doesn't have to be just you working on your body. Work on your mind too. Yeah. take care of yourself. Get some alone time for yourself. Go take, you know, go take a nice shower and 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 relax for a little bit without the baby just so you can have some time to yourself, you can feel a little normal, mentally healthy, and it also gives someone else a real good chance to bond with your baby. Yeah, so. absolutely, and that self-care is so important. Yeah, it's uh, so. Another thing after after baby and coming home, um, and you're going through the recovery process, visitors, people want to come see you. They want to come see the baby, um, but you know, not just in the wild world that we live in right now with COVID, but just in general. Um, you know, we have to be cautious, of course, about germs and things like that. What do you say right now about visitors? Um, and specifically, you know, not necessarily the hospital, 
a lot of places right now still can't even have visitors at the hospital, but those in-home visitors. Right, right. Yeah, you have to be cautious about that. We used to just say during the flu season, you need to be a little bit more careful about visitors. You really need to be careful about visitors all the time. The first three months of your baby's life, their immune system is just a little bit, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not as what it, it it's not what it's going to be in future years. So it's a little immature, a little bit more at higher risk for developing an infection, uh, respiratory infection. So anyone who comes to visit, I would say keep visitors to a minimum in the first three weeks for sure. Mm -hmm. But if anyone has had any illness in the past couple of weeks, that is where I would draw the line and say we don't want them coming over. If they've had any symptoms for the past three days, they have to be symptoms. So this is kind of what Intermountain does, and I completely support, support their statement on this, is in COVID specifically, we want you to have two factors. If you have been exposed to COVID or had symptoms of COVID, we want there to be at least 14 days from the time of symptoms or the time of exposure. That's one thing. So at least mm -hmm. 14 days from that. And you also need to be symptom free for at least three days. So that means if you have a fever or you've had a fever, you, you haven't had a fever, but you haven't taken ibuprofen to reduce it. You can't take medication to hide it. So sure. three days without the needs of, of medications to make yourself feel better. So you need those two factors, especially with COVID. And then, of course, I would always encourage wearing the masks as well. Yeah. If they have yeah. symptoms, you don't want them near your baby. If you're having symptoms, you got to wear a mask. You just have to be a little bit more careful these days. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of being careful, now that we've had baby and we're home, uh, we might not want to have another one right away. And so birth control is going to be a topic of discussion <laughs> about being careful. Uh, when, when do you recommend for moms after coming home, going through that recovery, starting to breastfeed, um, which breastfeeding is not an effective form of birth control? When can mom start to get on an effective form of birth control uh, as they go through their family planning process? Sure. Well, we can we can initiate birth control the day you have your baby. I mean, we can initiate it that quickly. The type of birth control is what it, is the kind of the missing element there. Mm -hmm. if you are breastfeeding and you're in the first six weeks after delivery, then you don't want to have any estrogen. It increases your chance of having blood clots even more. So if we're going to initiate a birth control right away for you, it has to be a progesterone only method. So that would be the mini pill. You could take the progesterone only mini pill. Um, you can do a Nexplanon, which is that little arm implant uh, that's good for three years in your arm. Um, the Depo shot, if you wanna do an injection that's good for every three months, that's something we could do. Uh, the other option is an IUD. Although we do need to wait for your uterus to heal a little bit more and firm mm -hmm. up after delivery. So we won't place that until after six weeks, but we can start things right away for you. If that's, if that's your desire to, to get started on a birth control. Now in an ideal world, we want you to be abstaining from intercourse for six weeks. Right. We're not, yeah, we don't want you to get pregnant. Um, your body needs time to heal. Okay. People need, women need at least 12 to 18 months to physically heal from a delivery in order to get pregnant again. So the first six weeks, we say no intercourse, really nothing in the vagina. You know, um, we want it to heal in there. We want your your um, your vaginal tissue to heal. We also want your uterus to heal. That placenta got removed from your uterus, and it's like a big open wound there. We don't want to induce infection into that. So I will say, if you're going to have intercourse prior to six weeks, 
please use a condom because that will reduce the risk of infection and of course pregnancy as well. Mm -hmm. After six weeks, we can have a, a bigger discussion as far as the, the buffet of uh, contraceptions uh, that are available to you. Um, depending, and, and it's, it's different for everybody. If you're breastfeeding, you know, depending on your breastfeeding status or how, how postpartum you are, everyone's a little bit different. If someone wants to have a baby right away uh, after their first baby, then maybe they're not going to want a method that takes longer to get out of your system. Maybe they're going to want something that's immediately reversible. So um, that implant in the arm that we talked about, the next one on, and an IUD, those are immediately reversible. So those are my favorite birth control options. Again, the arm one we can put in any time. The IUD, six to eight weeks is when we would place that. But if you decide in a year you want to have a baby, you take that out, you can get pregnant right away. Yeah. Uh, if you're taking birth control pills, that can take up to six months to get out of your system. A depot shot can take up to a year. So it, it's tapered to everybody, but we do have a, a variety of options for you to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. And for any of our listeners who are uh, have questions about different birth control, we have a Baby or Baby podcast all about the different types of birth controls and, and contraceptions. So uh, I implore you to listen to that if you have questions. Uh, because, yeah. And so you're and talking, you, Also, oh, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. And just a little plug for nurse midwives, nurse practitioners. I know the whole world thinks that we only deliver babies and we only deliver babies under, you know, unmedicated status. We do not. We take care of women throughout their entire lifespan. Yeah. So you want to come and see us and talk about birth control, get started on some birth control because your periods are a nightmare. Whether you're 13 or whether you're 53, you come see us and we'll get you started on a birth control. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so you were talking about abstaining, of course, for a number of different reasons. Uh, there are things going on inside the body after childbirth that we don't even know <laughs> what's going on. You know, you can have um, changes to your pelvic floor muscles. You can have abdominal muscle separation. Um, a lot, of, a lot of changes going on inside there. Talk to us a little bit about those things and um, and how those can affect your recovery. Sure. Well. The pelvic floor muscles, uh, that is a big one. Uh, women, again, just kind of keep going back to the same concept of we just ignore things that are happening to us because we're taking care of everyone else. Having uh, lax, weak pelvic floor muscles can cause pain with intercourse. It can cause leakage of urine. It can cause incontinence of urine or stool. So we really need to get those pelvic floor muscles in good shape, you know, back, back to the way they were at least close to after delivery. So... There are exercises you can do. Uh, Kegel exercises are wonderful, but studies say that you really need to do about 100 Kegels a day in order for them to make a difference. So I kind of joke, do 20 Kegels every time you hit a stoplight. Kegel exercises are great. We also have amazing pelvic floor physical therapists that can work with those muscles, help you, ex help you to figure out exercises down there that are going to be tapered to what you need them for. So leakage of urine is a huge one. Uh, when I have a patient that comes in and they're 50 years old and they say, I've been leaking urine for you know, two decades. After after I had my baby, people just told me that was normal. It's common, but it is not normal to leak urine. So if that is happening, you come talk to us. We will get you set up with some physical therapy. Um, sometimes it's as simple as meeting with a therapist and, and learning the exercises and then doing them at home. 
if that gets to be too bad and these exercises aren't improving things and you're getting worse and worse, sometimes we need to talk a little bit more seriously about getting you scheduled for a surgery to, to help with that. So keeping those in good shape um, and just some preventative care by doing those exercises is really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, um, the Intermountain website is so full of information uh, for, for people to go to and head to to find um, the answers to so many questions that they have. Because, I mean, when you recover after childbirth, there's just so much. There is. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, we go through so much, women, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we can hold your hand through this and, and get you through it. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of questions that you have and a lot of questions you want to ask and you've been afraid to or you feel like you should have known the answer so you don't ask it. Come ask us yeah. and, and let's let's help you uh, to be more happy, healthy, and more successful. Yeah, because you don't know what you don't know. And even, like I said, even if you've had one baby or five, the next one could be completely different. So right. we right. thank you so much for, for being with us, for answering our questions and uh, talking more about recovery after childbirth, kind of the the fear of the unknown. Uh, we so appreciate your time. Completely my pleasure. This is Holly Wharton, uh, nurse practitioner and certified nurse midwife with Intermountain Healthcare, talking to us about recovery after childbirth. And that concludes this episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.